supposed to be getting out soon? Yes and yes. So um, we're going to look quickly and study a, a, just one verse in the book of Acts, and there's a place on the back of your bulletins uh, to take notes. There's a pen in front of you, and I'm going to give you a couple chapters in the Bible just to look at that uh, we won't look at today, but be great for you to read this week, and we'll just consider everything. Man, what good testimonies, right? Pastor Merrill and the Johnsons just sharing. I mean, that's, that's, man, that's a sermon enough, right? Sell everything, follow Jesus, go, listen to him, obey him, and uh, that's the word of the Lord to all of us. But um, today, we're in a series called The Christian Life. We're looking at the essentials of what it means to, to live that Christian life, and today I want to talk to you about mission, mission. Because if you are a follower of Jesus, you have a mission. And it's not a mission just for Pastor Merrill or the Johnsons or John Goodmanson. It's not just for pastors. It's for you as well. It's your mission, and it's the Great Commission. So let me just read it to you quickly. It's in Matthew chapter 28. It's at the very end of the Gospel of Matthew. It says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely, I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is your mission. It's not for a select few, it's for all of us. And so, I'm going to ask you to repeat this after me today. The Great Commission is my commission. The Great Commission is my commission. This is our calling. Every one of us. It is active. It says go. And that's what I love about will go because that's, that's their, their thing. We will go and we will follow and we will listen to Jesus and embrace this mission. And so... You may be asking, well, how do I do this? I mean, I know we heard how other people did it today, but how do I do this? And that's why we go to the book of Acts. And the very final commandment that Jesus gives us in the New Testament comes in the book of Acts, chapter 1, and verse 8. And here it is. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The last command of Jesus is this. You will be my witnesses. If you're ever subpoenaed to come to court and be a witness, you do not have to give a legal argument. You will not be asked to expound on the finer points of the law. In fact, you don't need to know anything about the law. You just need to show up and share what you've seen, and what you've heard, and what you've experienced. And that's what God is asking you to do. If you notice, he doesn't say, you're the lawyer, you're the judge. He says, no, you're going to be my witnesses. That's your calling. That's what you're supposed to do. And being witnesses is extremely important. The, the testimony that is given can either set someone free or put them in prison. That's how powerful the testimony is. And if you choose not to testify, you'll be held in contempt of court because that, when you don't testify, it just hurts everyone around you. 
You may say, well, what am I supposed to say? How am I supposed to testify? I don't have all the answers. I didn't go to seminary like you, Pastor Darrell. What am I supposed to do? John chapter 9. John chapter 9. The whole chapter is this story. Jesus heals a blind man. And he heals this blind man because the disciples actually asked the question. The man wasn't even seeking to, to be healed, and he didn't even know who Jesus was. That's what I love about this story. Jesus just heals this blind man. He doesn't even know really who healed him. And because the Pharisees want to get Jesus, they keep asking, well, who did this? How, how did this happen? You're just one of his followers, aren't you? And all and on and on and on. And he's like, I don't even know who did this. He said, but this, in, in, in verse um, 25, he says, this I know. I was blind, but now I see. He didn't, even, he didn't even know all that much about Jesus. He didn't know. He knew Jesus' power, though, right? You may not know all the answers to every question you're going to get, but you don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to answer all the questions. You just have to say, you should have saw my life before Jesus. I don't think you want to see me without Jesus. Because it's not just I was blind and now I see. I was dead and now I'm alive. And that's our testimony. But you don't have to do this all by yourself or in your own strength. Because in the first part of the verse, it says, but you will see, receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You need to be full of the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus was full of the power of the Holy Spirit. That's how he operated. And we need to be full of the Holy Spirit. Have you ever gotten a chocolate bunny on Easter and you take a bite out of the ears and then it's hollow inside and you're like, oh... I wanted all that good chocolate, and it's hollow, and we don't need hollow testimonies. We don't need to be empty when we give our testimony. We want to be full of the Holy Spirit. How do we get full of the Holy Spirit? Well, let me give you a few things that the Holy Spirit provides for our life. First of all, the Holy Spirit provides an anointing on our life, and that's a covering on our life. In the Old Testament, when they would anoint the priest, they would pour the oils and would run down over their head and over their beards, and over their clothes, and so the Holy Spirit talks about an anointing, that there's a covering, that he will cover you, he will equip you. The Holy Spirit gives you that authority inside of the anointing. And he also gives us power, so he gives us anointing and he gives us power. The word power there in the Greek is dunamis, which is where we get the word dynamite from. It's this explosive power, and it's amazing. Jesus said even greater works you will do than what he did. And I don't know about you, but when I started thinking about that, I'm like, wow. But then you look at a couple who sold everything and followed Jesus and how many thousands upon thousands, if not a million lives, have been touched because someone just said, okay, God, I'll do it. Greater works will you do. And then finally, direction. Direction. Jesus will give you that direction. When you say... Come, Holy Spirit, lead me. There will be that leading, that helping, and helping you to do and know what to do. The Holy Spirit provides all of these things for us. And so how do we receive the Holy Spirit? Let me just tell you today, these are some things you can do. There's not a formula. I wish there was three things I could give you. You do these things, you'll be full of the Holy Spirit, but here's some things you can do to welcome the Holy Spirit. That's what we want to do, right? Wake up every morning. And just if you want to go to your knees or lift your hands or whatever you want to do, just say, come Holy Spirit, fill me up. Come Holy Spirit. We have to begin that way. We have to begin with surrender. 
You think of driving a car, only one pair of hands can be on the steering wheel. One foot working the gas and the brake. If you have two people trying to do that, you're going to get into an accident real quick, right? So you just say, Holy Spirit, come. You surrender. Say, what do you want to do today, God? I, I know I have this agenda. I have this list of things I need to do. But Holy Spirit, what do you, what do you want me to do? In, in the midst of everything that's taking place, I want you to lead me and guide me. And so we surrender. And then we get hungry for the Holy Spirit. And sometimes in our prayer life, we're just, we're not hungry. We're full, we're satisfied with this world. We don't, I don't, I don't really, I don't know if I need this. And, and that's where you need to empty yourself. That's where fasting comes in, making yourself a little bit hungry and saying, God, I, I need you in my life. And, and begin to empty yourself of the things of this world and say, Holy Spirit, I'm hungry for you. And you just, in, in that attitude of prayer and surrender and hunger, I believe the Holy Spirit will meet you and he will fill you up. See, I want you to remember that the Holy Spirit, sometimes when we think of the Holy Spirit and we think of a word in church and we think of a, a healing or we think of goosebumps around the altar, we think of all these things, these manifestations. And when the Holy Spirit comes, God's power is on display and so there are these manifestations. But the Holy Spirit's reason for coming wasn't manifestations, but transformation. That you will be a different person with the Holy Spirit inside of you. I'm a different person. I met somebody... Uh, that I went to high school with at Maine West in the 80s, and they're like, you're not the same guy. It's like, yeah, I know that, that's for sure. Because um, that, that little guy never thought of ever doing anything like this. He thought of other things. And, and yet when God gets a hold of you, he will transform your life. So we, we pray that the Holy Spirit come. And then the second part of the verse says, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So what does that mean? Well, Jerusalem is the town they were in. So it's a place around them. And so I believe that represents our lives. That represents our homes, our, our workplaces, our schools. Everywhere we go, that, that we will be the witness of Jesus' power and glory and, and sharing our story with everybody that we know. So we start in Jerusalem. That's where you start sharing your testimony. That's where you start being the witness. You start being the witness in your life. And then you go to Judea and Samaria, the next step, the, the next place. And when we think about that, we think of it's close, but it's different. Think about Samaria, the, the Jews hated the Samaritans. And yet that's where they're called to go to be witnesses. See, you need to get out of your comfort zone sometimes. You need to go and minister to people that aren't like you, that maybe you've never liked before. And the Holy Spirit will give you love. Don't worry about that. But you need to step beyond your comfort zone. You know, I think of Marilyn who gave the, the word this morning. And Marilyn goes to prisons and shares Jesus. She's a witness in the prison. And I don't know if she's comfortable in prison or not, because I don't think you did time before that, right? I mean, so, no, I'm just kidding. No, but, but, but Marilyn goes and she shares Jesus in the prisons. That's outside of probably any of our comfort zones, right? But, but maybe it's somebody from a different race or maybe an immigrant or, or, or something inside the city or working with the kids' pantry or something. It's just outside of my comfort zone, but I want to be a witness there too. Because let me tell you, this is very important. There are no out-of-bounds for Jesus. There is no people group. There is no uh, individual that is outside the bounds of Jesus' love and his grace and his mercy. We are to bring his witness everywhere. 
And so be open to going to some place that may not be comfortable for you. And take this message there. To the ends of the earth is the last part. And that means literally around the world. And we saw that in the video today. And that's why we do missions. That's why we have this booklet so that you can take this and, and pray for all the missionaries and see what's done around the world. We believe it. We believed it as a church from the very beginning to give at least 20%, if not more, of our budget that comes in to go out to the world and spread the gospel. But it's not just for the church to do, or Pastor Merrill, or the Johnsons, or John and Marge, or Paul and Eileen who are here today. It's, it's not just for a few people to take the message around the world. The Great Commission is your commission. It, you don't get a pass onto the ends of the earth because you're doing Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria. We're all called to this world. And I just encourage you today, and you say, well, how can I be involved? I can't do that. Can I be real honest with you? God may be calling some of you to be like the Johnsons and sell everything and go. He may tell you, hey, it's time for you to go. And, 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 and I want to tell you, if you ever do it and you're a part of our church family, we're behind you with prayer, with giving, and we'll go with you. You know, we believe that. So that might be you. And you may say, well, that's, I, I, that's not me. And, and that's, so what do I do? Well, hey, you can pray. You can pick up the booklet today. And you can just go page by page in your prayer time and just pray for every single missionary in here, page after page after page. And you can pray. Because I want to tell you, prayer moves the hand of God. So you can pray. You can also give. That's another great way to be involved. You can just say, hey, I'm going I'm to skip a meal here or coffee there. And uh, every time we have a missions offering, which is once a month on the third Sunday of every month, I'm going to put a little more in the offering, you know. I'm just going to give a little more. I'm going to sacrifice so that the gospel can be preached around the world. And so you can pray, you can give, or you can go. And like I said, you can sell everything and go. Or if you just want to do something short term, you can go somewhere. I'm going to take a group to Bulgaria in the spring of next year. And if you want to go, let me know. We're going to be working with Christian leaders and, and working with children. Uh, some of the, the worst situations you've ever seen. And uh, it's through Mission Possible, one of our missions organizations that you can read about in uh, the booklet, but if you'd like to go to Bulgaria with me, uh, I, I'd love for you to come and be a part of that. You can ask me about it, and, and we can go together. But in all of these places, Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, he says, you will be my witnesses. That word witness in the Greek is the word martis. It's where we get the word martyr from. You will be, and Jesus' disciples who are hearing this, they know exactly what he's saying. You will be my witnesses. You will be a, a, a martyr for the mission. A martyr with a message. And we are called, if there's one thing we learn in the New Testament life as we study the Christian life, is that we are called to lay our lives down. Not to hold them precious to ourselves, but we lay our lives down for Jesus and his mission. Another passage of scripture I'm going to give you is Matthew chapter 10, and we don't have time to look at it today because we, we need to pray and, and go, but I want you to read that chapter because it's where Jesus sends out the 12 on a preaching mission, and he tells them, I want you to go and, and, and preach the good news, and Jesus says it's going to be hard, and you can read it throughout the whole uh, chapter. He says in Matthew chapter 10, 38, though, whoever does not take up his, their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. He's saying, I want you to lay your life down. 
Your life is not your own. When you begin to follow me, I'm going to ask you to lay your life down. In Matthew chapter 10, verses 32 and 33, just before that verse, it says, Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. He says, you will be my witnesses. And that's what we're called to do. And then just one final verse, Matthew 10, 22, says, you will be hated by everyone because of me. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Throughout Matthew chapter 10, Jesus says, don't worry, guys, it's going to be hard, but I'm with you. And if you endure to the end, you will be saved. They're going to hate you, but they don't hate you. They hate me. And so I just encourage you to lay your life down. We, we saw today, just portrayed in a beautiful illustration of a life of 25 years given over to God. And today, that mission is now your mission that you are called in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth to be his witnesses, his martyrs with a message. And so we have that message, I was blind, but now I see. And we may not have all the answers, but we have a testimony. And no one can take that from us. And when we give that testimony, may we give it in the power of the Holy Spirit full of the Holy Spirit. And when we're full of the Holy Spirit, God's going to use you in amazing ways. Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me this morning? I want to pray that God would lead us, anoint us, empower us. Like I said, in these last days, I believe God is stirring like never before. And so, Jesus, we heed your words today. We celebrate lives completely surrendered to you as we think of the missionaries and Pastor Merrill who are with us this morning who have literally sold everything, given everything, and their lives over to serve you. And what a privilege as a church to be behind them in prayer and giving. And Lord, we thank you for their lives and we bless them today and we celebrate 25 years of ministry. But Lord, today we also embrace our calling, that the Great Commission is my commission, that you have called me to be a witness, that you've called me to be a martyr, that you've called me to lay down my life for you. And so Lord, may we do that full of the power of the Holy Spirit. And I pray this morning for each person here as they seek you, Jesus, may you fill them with your power and with your anointing, and may they be led of you in their Jerusalem, in their Judea and Samaria, and to the very ends of the earth, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. It's the word of the Lord for all of you. And now, let's welcome our children. Welcome our children. Can you just hoot and holler and cheer for them as they come in this morning? And so today we celebrate them. We're going to have a great um, chili cook-off. And uh, we had, it was packed up here last night with Awana. And Luke's going to say a few words. And then one of the, the children are going to pray for our meal. And then one of them is going to give us the blessing before we go. Uh, so how beautiful is that? How awesome is that? Everybody want to wave? Wave at mom and dad, grandpa, grandma, wave. All right, good stuff there. Yeah, that's awesome. So good. And, and I also want to say this before Luke comes. Come on, Luke. Luke's leading our children's ministry. Um, 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I think, I think chili cook-off is the biggest scam in the world because you make the food and then you come and buy it back. So I don't, but I know that making chili is, is quite a process because we made a couple pots at home as well. And, and so I just want to say thank you to everybody who did that. And we want everybody to stay for lunch. We got plenty, plenty of chairs, tables, food for everybody. So please stay and be a part of it. But Luke, tell us about lunch and then have the kids dismiss us. Absolutely, absolutely. Aren't these guys great? I mean, these guys are terrific. I love the kids, I love the kids. This is why I do what I do. Uh, I'm just so thankful to uh, be the children's ministry director now and just, uh, just have an awesome team. I mean, I just love Pastor Fred, all he's doing, and he's great heading this up, and we have a great, yeah, you can clap for Pastor Fred, that's okay, yeah, he is great. I could not do it without him. I, I'm appreciative of all the people that help out with Awana on Saturday nights. That's been going great. We have about 30 to 40 kids that show up for that, and it just gets better and better each week. And Sunday mornings are great. This is our Sunday morning crew, and they are awesome. Um, just, just terrific what God is doing. Let me tell you something. A lot of people say the kids are the future of the church, and I believe that with my whole heart. Yeah, they are the future. Well, let me tell you something, something else that I believe. These kids are the church of today. God's doing a good work now, and I'm excited to see what he's going to do, not only in the future, but now through these kids. And we are so appreciative of your support, your love, your prayers. It's wonderful. So if you want to help support us today, we are doing a chili cook-off. We ask for a $5 minimum donation, $20 for families of four or more, and and anything above and beyond that is very appreciative. You guys are great. We could not do it without you. So thank you. Now, these kids on Sunday mornings, last night we did the pledges for Awana. Today, uh, we've been working on a series on prayer. And kids, tell the audience, when should we pray? When, when should we That's good. See, that's right. They're learning something. And now let me tell, tell, tell the congregation, can God answer prayer? Yes. Yeah. Now, will he answer prayer? Yes. All right, so there's a distinction. We're talking about God has the ability to do anything that we want him to. But we have to faith, have to the faith and perseverance in prayer to see it happen. So these kids are prayer warriors. I'm excited to see what God's going to do in their lives. So I'm going to stop talking and hand the mic off to these, uh, these three right here. Elijah's going to do John 3, 16. We're going to recite that for you guys. Then uh, Gabby, or excuse me, Travis. Oh, yeah, you're not Gabby. That's Gabby. But Travis, before Gabby, yeah, I knew that, Travis. It's okay. We're going to get, he's going to give the blessing that Pastor Joe would normally give. Thank you for giving that up, Dad. And then Gabby's going to do a prayer at the end. So thank you, guys. Here we go, Elijah. John 3.16, for God so loved the world, he gave, he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. John 3.16. Thank you, Elijah. Thank you, Elijah. Now, Travis, give us the blessing today. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace, so they will put my name on the Israelites, and I will bless them. Receive the blessing of the Lord. And Gabby, can you pray for us and the food that we're about to consume? Um, I hope 
that um, the chili cook-off goes well, and I hope that whoever brung chili, it, it tastes good. And, <laughs> and, and, I, and I hope that you bless our food. Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That's good. That's Amen. Good. Thank you, guys. You guys are great. Thank you. That's Thank good. you, guys. Give it up for them one more time. That's good. Thank you. That's good. I, I think we should pray as a child more often. You guys can run to your parents, grandparents quick. We're actually going to let um, the Johnsons and the farmers go get a table real quick. And, and would you stand with me? Um, and uh, we've been prayed for. We've been blessed. And uh, it's been good to be in the house of the Lord today, and now we're going to get to eat together. I'll be in there to talk or pray with anybody who wants to talk or pray. Uh, if you're going through something, I'd love to pray for you, because you should never leave church with the same burdens you came with, because uh, Jesus is the burden lifter. And so we're going to go have lunch together. Uh, so go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Amen. Amen.